Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of our weekly podcast. Uh, this is Jim Mitchell, and as always, it's a pleasure to have the chance to spend a few minutes with you exploring another topic uh, somewhere in the legal realm. And as we so often do, we are, in fact, taking a look at another new topic, um, something we haven't explored here on uh, Chicago's Legal Latte. So today should be a very interesting discussion. We're going to talk about minors um, as we explore what is known, and we will come to understand the mature minor doctrine. Uh, new topic for me, as I said, and, and for all of us. We are also joined by a new contributor to the series, Sarah Floor, uh, an associate at Lavelle Law. Uh, Sarah is here today, and uh, this will be her first time on the podcast. So by way of introduction, uh, she is a graduate of the prestigious Kelly School of Business at Indiana University and the John Marshall Law School here in Chicago. Sarah, I know you have sat in on a podcast or two recently and kind of listened into the experience. This is your first time as a featured guest, so welcome. I'm very glad to have you here. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So I am not and was not familiar with the mature minor doctrine, and as I kind of looked forward to hearing about it today, kind of tried to read up on it a little bit. So it looks to me like before we talk specifically about it, maybe we need to just talk about a general law topic first, and that is, you know, medical treatment, medical treatment options. Is it safe to assume that as adults, we all have choices whether or not we want to pursue certain medical treatments uh, if it's in our best interest, and we're able to make those choices as uh, once we've reached the age of consent? Exactly. Um, Once you reach 18, every adult in Illinois basically has a common right to refuse any kind of medical treatment. Um, Even if it's proved to be life-sustaining, if the adult does not want the medical treatment, then he can refuse it. Now, let's extend that a little bit further and see that, you know, as adults, um, frequently uh, we are parents and, and we're tasked with the responsibility of managing medical care for children. Um, And I'm sure we've all heard of cases in the news in which parents have have declined medical treatment for their children based on perhaps religious beliefs. Today we're kind of looking at it from another angle. Tell us about the mature minor doctrine, what that is. Right. So the mature minor doctrine um, basically accepts that an unemancipated minor um, may possess the maturity to choose or reject a particular health care treatment. So basically it's saying if there's an individual who's under the age of 18, but he can show that he's mature enough to be able to appreciate the consequences of his actions, if he can appreciate that rejecting medical treatment, you know, may be fatal, if he's mature enough to appreciate and understand that, then he has the ability to reject that treatment on his own behalf, whether or not his parents agree with that decision. And do I need to worry about the word you threw in there, unemancipated? Is that something that's relevant and we should understand before we go further? Just basically, um, I think the most important thing is just the age of 18. Um, The unemancipated minor is just going to be his arguments against what his parents' wishes are. Um, But like I said, the threshold age is really 18. Okay. Now, it seems that... um just looking briefly at perhaps one of the first cases in this realm, uh, I think, took place out in Washington. There have been others that have followed. 
Do you happen to know if, if most states acknowledge the mature minor doctrine? Most states have some kind of common law in place. And what's interesting, it's not usually a statute that the legislator passes. Instead, it's something that's created by case law, which kind of makes it interesting because um, it's not so cut and dry. It's basically what judges determine on a case-by-case basis, and it's kind of ever-changing, ever-evolving, which makes it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, and that's uh, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because you know we often discuss specific laws or statutes and, and things like precedents, but today we're talking about a doctrine, which is really just that collective uh, uh, evaluation. How did this mature minor doctrine really come to be? Was it just through a series of cases like this? In Illinois, the first case that really discussed it was in 1989, and that was by the um, Illinois Supreme Court. And since then, um, it's changed a little bit, but the basics are still there, where um, the mature, the minor who is basically trying to argue that they have maturity to make these important decisions for themselves, they want to show that you know they're mature enough to understand the consequences, that they can exercise the judgment of an adult. Um, and in many of these cases, they're 17, they may be 18 in six months, they're saying there's nothing's going to change in the next six months. My view on this particular medical decision is not going to change. Um, and you basically factor that against state interests, basically preservation of life. Um, another one is protecting interests of third parties. So if there are parents who disagree with their minor child's decision, the court will also look at that. So yeah, it's definitely a weighing um, kind of test that the court has to consider on a case-by-case basis. Okay, and, and tell me again. You, you mentioned uh, the first or uh, the first case here in Illinois. What was the date on that? That was in 1989. 1989. Okay, so this is something that uh, probably has been occurring uh, periodically from time to time throughout. Then um, we, we're we're working our way through a, a very interesting discussion today on Chicago's legal latte, and uh, we're having our first ever discussion on the mature minor doctrine. Uh, information generously being provided by Lavelle Law Attorney Sarah Floor, who's here with us for the first time today. Um, as a brief introduction to Sarah, you might want to take a look over at the Lavelle Law homepage, where, of course, as I've mentioned before, a, a great many timely articles are posted for review. Um, Sarah recently authored a couple of pieces on, on very current topics, red light cameras, and a review of some new laws, which kicked off here in Illinois on January 1st, so definitely recommended reading there. Uh, and the website also features a growing list of videos uh, featuring the attorneys of Lavelle Law, and I suggest you keep an eye open for a couple of new additions that are going to be added to that video library here in the coming weeks. Um, now, before I tell people to go look at the web, let's continue our conversation here because we've, we've got certainly more to talk about. Um, Sarah, you, you kind of walked through briefly there, you know, some of the things that might be factors in this case. Can you can you kind of tell us, um, you know, as a as a judge might look at a case like this, um, you know, what sort of things are they going to look for in terms of making their decision? I certainly said that the student or the child could say, you know, look, nothing's going to change. But what sort of factors go into a, a judge perhaps um, deciding one way or another? Sure. So um, definitely the kind of treatment. Um, the Another thing that they look at is the doctor's recommendations. Um, sometimes the doctors can say, we are 99% sure that if the minor undergoes this treatment, she will live for another 10, 15 years. Um, a lot of times that's very persuasive, especially if there's um, other independent parties that have some kind of um, like stake or, like I said, parents or guardians, other people who are interested. Um, 
that could kind of combat what the miners telling them. Um, other state interests in particular are, like I said, preservation of life, um, protecting interests of third parties, prevention of suicide, um, maintaining the ethical integrity of the medical profession overall. Um, it's, a, it's a kind of interesting topic because it's very fact-intensive. There's not a lot of times these cases will be decided one way at the trial court level. At the appellate court level, they'll be overturned. Um, it really just depends on the factors and what the judge thinks is in the best interest of the child and the best interest of the state. And um, you mentioned something there that I was going to ask about, which is appellate court. So uh, I assume that this is like any other uh, court proceeding, that once once a decision is made, then one part or the other has the opportunity to appeal that up to a higher level? Right. And actually, the very first case, um, when it finally got to the Supreme Court level, the child was already 18. So, in fact, this was what we talk about in law schools being a moot point. Um, uh-huh. No longer did it really matter what the court decided in the particular case. However, they thought that it was such an important um, area of law that just needed to be fleshed out because no court in Illinois had made a decision one way or the other how they were going to use this doctor moving forward. Now, has there been much activity that you're aware of in Illinois? You mentioned the first case back in the late 80s. Is this something that's I wouldn't say common, but has occurred frequently in recent years? Right. Well, actually what caught my attention in this matter was um, a case that just came down in Connecticut. And that's kind of, I was reading through the case, and I thought it was very interesting, and I just kind of wanted to see if Illinois had a similar type of thing. So most recently in Connecticut, just um, a couple weeks ago, the Supreme Court said that a 17-year-old basically wasn't mature enough. She um, was diagnosed with cancer, and the doctor said that treatment would, you know, extend her life another 10 years or so. And the minor came back and said, I don't want this treatment. She had undergone it for a little bit. She said it, you know, just made her sick, and it's just, like, not something that she wanted to do. And the Supreme Court said, we realize you're going to be 18 in three months. You're going to do whatever you want to do. But for right now, the state's interest is that you undergo this treatment. And she was taken to facility and um, forced to go undergo the treatment against her will. So I think after reading through that case, that's kind of what's piqued my interest on the topic. And I just want to see if Illinois had something kind of like it. Okay. Um, and you mentioned, uh, you know, interests of the state. And, and um, you mentioned a few different instances there that a, that a judge might consider. Um, so, so really, it, you know, it comes down to a, a situation in which a judge has to decide, again, if I use this term right, more of a common good versus the interest of this one individual. Exactly. That's very accurate. Okay. okay. Now, um, <clears throat> you mentioned, uh, of course, 18 being the, the age at which, um, you know, someone can make decisions on their own. And the cases you referenced uh, primarily seem to focus on 17-year-olds. Is there... I assume there's no, you know, lower level limit here. If a 14 or 15 year old wanted to pursue this, I suppose they could. But certainly, their ability to demonstrate uh, maturity would be much, much harder. But there's no hard and fast rule as to how old someone can or can't be to pursue this. Exactly. Most of the cases um, discuss the topic starting at age 15. But I would say the ones that rule in favor of this particular doctrine, the minor is closer to 17, almost at 18. Mm-hmm. And you, you again have raised a good point there about um, 
the fact that in some instances, by the time a decision was made, the, the person had reached the age of 18 anyway, so a, as you call it, a, a moot point at that point. Um, because of that type of nature, from what you've seen in, in the cases you've been able to read about, um, is there sort of an expediency to these? Are these the types of cases that would uh, get very quickly in front of a judge just based on that type of timing? I would definitely say that um, as far as getting through the court system goes, um, obviously a lot of cases tend to take a while, but these I have seen tend to move a little bit faster. Okay. Well, we um, certainly, you know, it's been interesting to, to kind of cover today, and it, it's new and what we usually like to do then when we've got a situation where we're, we're kind of uh, bringing something to the conversation for the first time, just kind of take a step back and kind of walk through it again. So, um, can you give me a quick recap, maybe three or four points that people should understand and, and walk away from our discussion with today regarding the mature minor uh, doctrine? Sure. I mean, the entire thing just basically focuses on, you know, the fundamental right that every person has to do whatever they want to with their bodies. And the court's saying that it's a state interest after the minor reaches adulthood, you know, they can do whatever they want to. But Prior to that, the state really does have an interest in making sure that um, all parties are, their interests are met. You know, the parents, if they don't want their minor to go about um, refusing medical treatment, that those needs are heard. But also, the court's very sympathetic to what a minor, you know, really believes is right. If they have a firm religious reason to not undergo some kind of treatment, that they shouldn't be forced to do that. Um, so it's an interesting topic. Um, I think it's something that everyone in Illinois should be aware of, especially those of us who have children. Um, and it's a weighing test. Um, you know, the minors should be able to plead their case at the same time. The state's interests are also observed by the court. So each case is very fact-specific. And um, from what I've read through court decisions, the court's really weigh those factors against each other and try to come up with what they believe is the right decision in each case. Well, certainly a, a interesting topic and a very informative discussion today with uh, my guests, and I certainly want to thank Sarah Floor for being here today. Um, always appreciate the time that we get uh, with the attorneys who, who share their knowledge. <clears throat> so uh, definitely be sure to stop by, as I always say, the LavelleLaw.com. Uh, site. If you stop by there, you can check out archives of our past podcasts as well. That's right under the media tab. And then uh, collections always available on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio as well. I want to thank you for listening and ask that you always come back and join us for a future conversation. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847 705 7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.